Welcome to A Nature Calls, a podcast all about nature, with each episode featuring a topic from the true to the silly to the bizarre. I'm Renee, the manager of Red Oak Nature Center in Batavia, Illinois, and with me is... This is Christy, the environmental education supervisor at Red Oak Nature Center. And today we are talking in our podcast, episode three, all about the bizarre, which we have not really addressed much yet in our podcast. So... This is going to be a topic that's a little all over the place, but some bizarre of the local and beyond, I guess, would be a good way to say it, don't you think? And there is plenty of that. (laughs) I don't think people realize how many strange things have actually happened locally. So um, this might be one of those podcasts that that we have multiple editions of. We might need to. And and just even starting out with Kane County in Illinois, where we're located, there's a Kane County in Utah that had so many Westerns filmed in it in the 1950s. It was called Little Hollywood. Interesting. Yeah, we don't have that in Kane County, Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're not that exciting. No, no, no. But um, it did start here from a virgin prairie to an agricultural industrial area, which is a, a huge shift. But I was researching it for the podcast. And one of the things I found that was kind of funny, and I know we feel this way sometimes too, is that when they're looking at Illinois, which got passed off as a Louisiana territory to Virginia. And they were trying to figure out if it should be a state or not. Uh Um, Thomas Jefferson wanted us divided into three states with Kane County in the state of S. I don't know if I can say this. Uh Oh, Mississippia, Asinissippia. He wanted us to have a state called Asinissippia. We may need to bleep that. Let me try that again. And I don't think we'll need to, but a Senecipia may be the way to say it. I don't know how to spell it. Sure. We'll go Um, with that. It was decided to give Illinois instead huge boundaries on the advice of James Monroe, who came out here several, who made several trips to the area and deemed the Midwest, quote, worthless and uninhabitable. So that hurts. So King County, you know, already getting a little um, shade, I guess, from the founders. Well, and I think with the name and all, it just. It just didn't roll very well. It's hard to get people backed behind that when um, you can't even pronounce the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I, I think I'm going to land on a Senecipia. Okay, maybe that Senecipia, and everybody can just like enjoy my muddling of <laughs> long names ahead of that. Well, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It was 1818, and it was the 21st state. So there we go. Mm, there we go. There we go. Little, you know what? A little bit of that college knowledge is is coming through today. <laughs> and and your degree was in uh, geography. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So, do you know what Illinois' state food is? The state food or snack? I know the snack is popcorn. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, if people are listening to this podcast and feel like we're being a little dull, snack on some popcorn. Get, get your Illinois on. <laughs> we'll sound a little bit. This podcast will be nothing but dull. I mean, we're going to be talking about some pretty incredible creatures today. Ooh, ooh, you're slipping. You're jumping ahead. I love it. I, I love it. So as people settled out this way, they kind of brought their traditions with them. I have to say King County overall has some unique history in the fact that it was the site of troops who came through for the Black Hawk War. Okay. Where Red Oak is, is considered the big woods back in the day. Again, Illinois was a prairie state. And Red Oak is kind of in this strip called Big Woods that was a popular hunting ground for many of the Native Americans. And when the Black Hawk War happened, the U.S. government asked for troops to come from out west to the east to kind of help what they felt was a way to manage 
And so as the troops came through, this is something I did not know, but it should be glaringly obvious that there's a street not far north of us called Army Trail Road. I know of it, yes. Yeah, okay. So they've got some good ice cream places along the way. Just you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but as the army marched into Chicago, they kind of broke down so much of the prairie and the grass and where they forded the Fox River that that road ended up becoming, at the end of the Black Hawk War, the place that settlers would come out west on. So they kind of literally paved the way for... <laughs> people to move out to King County and start setting up shop, which I thought was kind of amazing. That's, that, that is incredible. So that road, Army Trail Road, has been there for hundreds of years. Since the 1800s, since the Black Hawk War. What was it? I guess instead of just 1800s, 1832. Okay, 1832. So shortly after Illinois became a state in 1821. Mm-hmm. Ooh, well done, well done. No, I and lied. That- I totally lied. It, it was 1818. So King County isn't the only place that has some bizarre things that have happened. And by bizarre, I mean creating a little wagon trail road to become one of the gateways out here to King County to settle. That is just strange. Mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> just like, oh, look, here's a dirt road. Let's just find out where it leads uh-huh. and go settle. But people are unique. And I have heard of some cool sites south of King County in Alton, Illinois. There are these huge tall cliffs. And what's on them? Well, so Alton, Illinois is right around, right along the uh, Mississippi River, and um, they have gorgeous bluffs and cliffs down there. And since the early 1800s, I believe, there has been a picture of a pretty menacing bird painted on the sides of the cliffs. And when the settlers first came down there, they didn't know what it was. Um, something about the the first peoples, the Native Americans, had it had it um, uh, painted up there, and um, they called it the Pisa, P-I-S-A. Yes. And um, another word for it was the Thunderbird. The description of the Piazza bird was first described in 1673 by Jacques Marquette, and he and he Ooh, wrote okay. in his journal, <clears throat> and I quote. We saw upon one of them two painted monsters, which at first made us afraid, and upon which the boldest savages dare not long rest their eyes. They are as large as a calf. They have horns on their heads like those of a deer. A horrible look, red eyes, a beard like a tiger's face, somewhat like a man's, a body covered with scales, and so long a tail that it winds around the body passing above the head and going back between the legs, ending in a fish's tail. Whew. Yeah, I would be scared. That is, <laughs> and I think you would remember if you saw it. It would definitely be something you'd want to report. Hey, this is... It does I'm not get more descriptive than that. So thank you, Jacques Marquette. Christy goes on to describe the Thunderbird further. That resembled uh, a dinosaur. So I'm, I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but the Quetzalcoatlus. Okay, was, it's your turn to <laughs> I know, right? The Quetzalcoatlus uh, is a species of pterodactyl. Okay. And so the native peoples believed that this bird was still alive. It was one of their legends, and they painted it on the sides of the cliffs. 
And so apparently this bird still exists today. All right. So this Thunderbird or flying dinosaur, Mm -hmm. um, you said it's, you think it's around today. Has something happened recently? Like, did I miss something on the news? (laughs) Well, I I will say the, the last reported sighting was in 2002. So it has been a little while. Um, But one of the most um, reported instances of this creature having been seen, and it was seen by multiple people, was actually in 1977. It was around 8.30 at night, and a 10-year-old boy was out in his backyard playing with his friends when suddenly out of nowhere, two huge blackbirds came out of the sky and began pursuing one of the boys. The boy, who weighed approximately 65 pounds, was lifted off the ground about 10 feet into the air. Straight up. Straight up. His parents heard the screaming. They ran outside to see what was happening and saw her son being abducted by a giant black bird that resembled a condor. And descriptions of the Pisa or the Thunderbird have very similar descriptions. Uh, Wingspan of at least 10 feet across. Dark in color. Um, Fortunately, the boy was dropped. And um, he was okay. He's okay? Okay, I was going to just ask that question. He was completely fine. But there were so many witnesses to this incident that word got out And three days later, in McLean County, so central Illinois, a farmer spotted a bird of the same size and description flying over his farm. Huh. (laughs) I mean, I think that's the only reaction I can have right now is, huh. So, yeah, I mean, and this bird was um, consistently spotted all over Illinois, traveling south through um, central and southern Illinois. We're talking um, Bloomington, Lake Shelbyville. Um, Lawndale um, is, is sort of in that area, but just traveling all the way down. So, <clears throat> so it was migrating for all of It was. It was looking for something. That was in 1977. Could the Thunderbird really be around today? Listen into our conversation and find out. Wait a second. You're talking like now, like in the 21st century. I am. I am actually. So, wait. Yes. I, I don't believe that it is necessarily the same one bird that is living for years, hundreds of years, but it is believed that there is a um, living dinosaur flying over the hills and valleys of Illinois. Okay. So I think you firmly established us in the territory of the bizarre. Yes. Because I, <laughs> I can't imagine dinosaurs being outside in Illinois. I can't imagine. Well, but we have flying. turtles okay. that are relative to dinosaurs. That. We have certain fish. We have insects that have been around since the dinosaurs. So it is possible. Okay. So now it sounds like we're delving into this study 
cryptozoology are we, are we going there is that is this considered one of those things that is absolutely beyond? absolutely so okay. cryptozoology for those that aren't aware is the study of hidden things and cryptozoology includes things like our thunderbird bigfoot i don't know if you've heard of him nah. the kraken <laughs> um various fairies and serpents loch ness um, oh, hey. Yes. Well, it's not local, but so all of those creatures that we have seen the possibilities of the, the possible evidence of, but haven't quite been able to pinpoint yes or no, it does exist, fall under the cryptozoology or cryptids um, in our history. Okay, so there these individual organisms that you threw out some big names. I mean, Bigfoot. I don't know if that's licensed. I'm not allowed to speak his. I, think <laughs> I don't know that it's trademarked. But he, um, these individuals are called cryptids. Yes, cryptids. Okay. We we call them cryptids for short because again, scientists have gone out there to try and definitively prove their existence, and unfortunately, they haven't been able to come up with absolute yeses and nos. Therefore, it's possible. And so we can find evidence of these animals, especially here okay. in Illinois. Well, Alton definitely has some weird things to have been seen, some bizarre things with the Thunderbird. But Kane County itself has its own little cryptid who likes to run around quite a bit. And that is your friend, Christine. Well, it's Bigfoot, of course. So I know there may be some of us out there that aren't comfortable submitting reports of such sightings, but uh, in, in February of 2011, some possible footprints were reported near Algonquin. It is okay, King County. King County. Um, <laughs> also in Burlington, King County, um, some hunters heard vocalizations and footprints. And it's even been reported in the Aurora Beacon, in the Elgin Daily Courier, about sounds having been heard, um, footprints, things like that. So he, he is around. He is here, I believe. So the bazaar is not just places that happen or things that happen elsewhere. It can happen right here. Absolutely. And many of us support and recognize Bigfoot. I I know for a fact that he has made appearances, multiple (laughs) appearances at Red Oak Nature Center. There's many a camper that can attest to that. that. Um, He's here. We might as well try and, and prove his existence while we can. Well, and and we're going to be hosting a 5K run in October called the Bigfoot Brouhaha. So maybe yeah, I'm working hard on leaving some messages for him at Red Oak to kind of give him the heads up that there's going to be people for our 5K Bigfoot Brouhaha event. So hopefully he will make that appearance. That would be pretty amazing. And if you think about where we are in that strip of big woods that I said before, it makes sense. You know that there's a lot of places to hide there. There's water. We're here right by the Great Lakes, so maybe maybe Bigfoot even migrates like the Thunderbird, and he just comes and goes. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we don't see him all the time, but that he has. You know, he is the hide and seek There's... champion of the world. Their fur can can he change is. colors depending on their habitats. It is not definitively known what diet he has. There are some that say he eats people, which is not true. I mean, come on. Um, I mean, pescatarian, insectivore, vegetarian, and we have all of that right in our backyard. 
We really do. I mean, it is it is a plethora of food. So if Bigfoot wanted to visit, um, he would find a lot to do. Absolutely. So, you know, I challenge our listeners out there to come back to us with any questions that they may have or if they've had any instances of seeing Bigfoot or hearing any evidence that was left behind to write us at Red Oak at fvpd.net and you can be anonymous as best you can you know your your email address maybe doesn't necessarily tell us who you are but write us email us and let us know what instances what examples of meeting this guy that you have perfect i mean you can contact us via the link at the podcast as well and i think that pretty much wraps up this episode of when nature calls this is the podcast all about nature featuring a topic from the true to the silly to the bizarre. And I think we did. We certainly did. And if you have an idea for another topic that you would like us to talk about, go ahead again, email us at red Oak at fvpd.net and share. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye-bye.